Hello and welcome to another episode of the CBO Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Donnie Sheely. Thanks for joining us today. Today we have John Coppola of Loyola University, Maryland, where he is the Vice President for Finance and Administration. Hello, John. Welcome. Hi, Donna. Thanks for having me here today. So happy to have you. So let's talk about, well, first, how long have you been at Loyola University? Um, So I have been here for uh, just over seven years now. The first four and a half years I spent as the Associate Vice President for Finance and these last uh, two and a half, almost three now, uh, as the Vice President for Finance and Administration. Awesome. So you kind of joined in during the, was it during the pandemic, I guess? Is that when that happened, that transition? Uh, The transition happened uh, during the pandemic. Yes. Uh, My predecessor retired um, in uh, the spring of 21 um, after we had gotten through the worst of the of the pandemic. But uh, it was in the spring of 21 that I took over that you took over. All right. Well, let's talk about your journey that led you there. Let's go all the way back to where you matriculated and talk about what you majored in and just kind of tell us your journey. So I am actually a double alum of Loyola University, Maryland. So I'm awesome. working at my alma mater, which is uh, fascinating uh, to, to be on, on, on this side uh, of, the, of the table. Um, so I was an undergraduate major in accounting, and I did a fifth year to get my MBA uh, with a concentration in finance uh, to be able to sit for the CPA exam coming out uh, with 150 hours. We were that first year of that credit hour requirement being implemented for, for CPAs. Um, and I started my career with a CPA firm, a uh, regional CPA firm here in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, Ellen and Tucker. And I spent uh, just about seven years with them at the beginning of my career doing everything from audit and accounting and advisory and consulting services to doing forensic and valuation services work uh, as well. I got to the end of that seven years and and realized that I was interested in trying something new. Uh, So I actually um, took the chief financial officer uh, job at a local independent school, Archbishop Spalding High School, which was actually my high school alma mater. Oh, wow. <laughs> I guess I have a, a, a trend and a, and a history of working for my alma mater. Alma maters, yeah. So I spent seven years as the CFO and the boys' soccer coach uh, at, at Archbishop Spalding. At that point, the firm that I used to work for uh, actually recruited me back to start their education services group. They were looking to get a uh, presence in the education marketplace, both independent schools as well as higher education, and they hired me to lead those efforts. Um, I was back there at Ellen and Tucker for uh, about three years uh, when higher ed came calling. I had uh, some experience some uh, very early on in my career when I was a student at Loyola in the summer times I was interning at um, Johns Hopkins University in their School of Public Health, uh, interning for the Dean of uh, Finance and Administration. He has been a mentor for me my whole career. He recruited me to to join him. Uh, in higher education as his associate vice president for finance um, at a neighboring institution to Loyola. I spent a little bit of time there before being recruited uh, over to Loyola, uh, where I, uh, you know, have been now for the the last seven years. Um, 
early on as the associate vice president for finance, I had responsibility over um, the typical uh, controller type functions, the endowment, um, uh, auxiliary operations, things like that. Uh, and and now in this role, um, you know, in addition to the areas that I cut my teeth, I guess you would say, as a CFO in, in financial reporting and budget and things like that, I now also have responsibility over human resources, technology services, uh, facilities and risk management uh, and, and those areas. So pretty robust portfolio um, as, as one of the five vice presidents that reports directly to the president here. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. Well, thank you for that. So let's go back to talking about a little bit about working in the schools where you attended. So you did this with your high school and then now um, at the university level. So I know the obvious things will be like you're familiar with it and that, but what were some of the other benefits, I'm sure, of doing that and working in that environment where you went to school? Yeah, you know, really gratifying to to have an opportunity to um, give back in some way to two institutions that have been so meaningful me, meaningful for me uh, personally, professionally. The two institutions instilled uh, a foundation in me that has allowed me to, to flourish in my career really early on, uh, you know, going to a Catholic high school, uh, Catholic upbringing has always been part of who I am, you know, matriculating to Loyola, where I really became a well-rounded individual in, in, embedded in Loyola's curriculum as the liberal arts um, and uh, and being able to find my way and, and find what I was passionate about uh, at Loyola. And now having the opportunity to to, to be the CFO of, of, of both of those institutions and really pull the curtain back and see behind the scenes how does it all work and 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 have an impact on a daily basis on the student experience um, and the employee experience at both of those institutions has been just immensely gratifying for me. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty remarkable. Speaking of mentorship, because you did briefly mention um, the mentor that you were an intern for, and that kind of introduced you to higher ed. Speak a little bit more about that relationship and how some of the things that he taught you that really kind of made you say, you know what, higher ed might be a good choice for me. I've been fortunate in my career to have some amazing mentors, and 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 he is he is absolutely one of them. Um, I think what he showed me is how um, impressive it can be when people with um, different skill sets, different disciplines that bring different things to the table all come together, sit at the same table and have conversations about how we can move an initiative forward or how we can positively impact uh, a student's experience or or positively impact our employees' experience. Conversations about what investments do we need to make and why are those investments important to make. Um, and then have conversations about the mission of the organization and how you know my role fits into that uh, mission it's really it's inspiring when you get when you get the right people around those tables and he and i had conversations about that early on you know about how higher ed is not like corporate america where it's a little bit more of a top down approach 
that higher ed is a much more collaborative approach. Um, you know, being an, an intern in the accounting office or in the business office, you don't necessarily see all of that, right? You're just hearing things secondhand, um, and and you're and and you're you're getting the perspective from uh, you know from the leaders, and now seeing it in practice, uh, that's how it is, and and you don't really have an appreciation for that until you actually live it for a little bit. Um, which was definitely one of one of my early challenges moving into higher education because higher education is a little different than than most other industries in that regard. Right, right, right. Indeed, yes. So, in terms of you you mentoring now that you've been doing this for a while, what is your mentorship philosophy as you reach back? Yeah. So, uh, I, like I said, I, I I've been so fortunate. Uh, both the, the this gentleman who recruited me into higher ed as well as the managing director who I used to work for at, at Ellen and Tucker, um, as well as my predecessor here at Loyola, to just have amazing relationships that opened so many doors for me. And so my philosophy in that regard is paying it forward and, and looking for opportunities for, for, for those who are interested in mentorship. Not everybody is, right? You know, some people are interested in leadership. Some people are interested in mentorship. Some people are interested in, in both and, and, and just finding, uh, opportunities to provide that type of guidance and support for others, whether they be in my org chart, whether they be in some of the associations that I'm involved with, um, whether it be, um, you know, I'm I'm an alum of the Nakubo Fellows Program uh, from the from the uh, 1920 cohort, and you know, any time they ask me to come back and talk to the current cohort of fellows, I'm always more than willing to do it, um, just because that that opportunity and that um, that program uh, prepared me for the for the role I sit in today, and so I'm always excited to have conversations with with um, folks that are going through it now who have aspirations of being a chief business officer in higher education. Awesome. Yes. And we have a lot of listeners who are just that. So, you know, this this all of this helps and all of this is a part of that mentoring as well. So let's talk a little bit about the current um higher education landscape. Um, I, I, I definitely want to talk to you about student access and outcomes because you were a former student of where you are now. So your insight is going to be a little different from someone who may not have gone to the school. You know, you were there as a student. So talk to me about some of the successes you've had related to student success and, you know, access and affordability. You know, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So it's a different world than when I went here. I okay, will say right. that. Um, you know, twenty five I actually have my twenty five year reunion coming up in, oh, in February. So Congrats. Um, you know, it's been a while. Uh, you know, Loyola is a different place, uh, for the better now, much more diverse community, much more um intellectually stimulating and challenging community, um, and just um uh, just an amazing group of students. Um, you know, and the higher education landscape is a lot different than it was uh back then as well. Back then we could simply um, you know, these are the stories I hear at least. Uh you could simply raise tuition by whatever you needed to to fund whatever initiative um without concern for affordability, without concern for for access because um, 
you know, it, it was just a different world back then. There were so many more students banging down the door to, to go to every higher education institution. Um, and, and the world is different now. So you have to be very strategic about where where you make your investments, very strategic about resource allocation, because there are there is not an overabundance of resources as there was uh, 25 years ago. And so we've been very intentional about making investments in areas that can contribute to student success. We've had to invest significant dollars uh, in institutional financial aid in order to make a Loyola education accessible to anybody that, um, you know, wants it and um, and is 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 able to, um, you know, cut it from an academic standpoint. Um, and, uh, you know, so student success is a significant initiative uh, of our upcoming strategic plan that we are working on finalizing right now um, and looking at things in a holistic way from a beginning to end for a student uh, with a focus on not just getting students here, but a focus on retention efforts and a, and a focus on allowing our students to thrive during their time, um, you know, here at Loyola. The needs of students these days are, are significantly and, and vastly different. You know, so many students come to higher education having experienced mental health um, challenges or mental health issues. And Loyola has always been a very high-touch student experience, um, and we've invested in that, and now we're seeing that we have to, uh, you know, invest significantly more resources in those initiatives to continue to differ, uh, differentiate ourselves as one of those institutions that can provide that high-touch experience for our students. And also, as we switch a little bit, let's talk about the workforce-related challenges. You know, we talk about the students, but you also are an employer. So, and I know things are changing, you know, economic. We got in the political climate that we're in right now. So talk to me about any workforce-related solutions you've used to, you know, address some of the pressure points or issues that we're dealing with as an employer. The time was when higher education institutions competed with higher education institutions for talent. Um, somebody thought they wanted to be in higher education and they're going to come into higher education and they're going to move you know, up the up the ladder within an institution, or they're going to have to move up the ladder outside of the institution at another institution. That has shifted to where you know, higher ed institutions are now competing with the marketplace and are now competing with other industries. Um, so when I look at most of the dis disciplines that report up through me, as well as now disciplines, you know, on 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 other sides of the house, whether they be in the academic or student facing sides or the enrollment management or advancement divisions, we're competing with the marketplace. So we have to be competitive. We have to provide um you know, significant resources towards professional development, leadership training, things like that uh, for our staff. Uh, we have to be able to compete from a benefit standpoint, which is one area where higher ed has always been able to differentiate itself. But as uh, the market and other industries begin to invest in innovative benefits and, and lifestyle type benefit programs, we have to be thinking about those things as well. 
so, you know, we're touching on another area of uh, our strategic plan uh, where, where we're interested in becoming a destination employer and investing in our thriving team to make sure that we are able to attract, retain, um, and, and, and have thrive at Loyola, uh, uh, an excellent workforce and a committed workforce. Um, you know, remote work has, has obviously through COVID, it's really a pre-COVID thing, but I think we blame COVID for it. We do. Um, flexible work schedules, um, the ability to incorporate a hybrid work environment, um, you know, that's all very desirable from the workforce now. And we have work to, uh, to, to implement that and to embed that. You miss a little bit, um, you know, if I'm being quite honest, working at a higher education institution because community is so important understanding the the community and the campus that you're working at is a very important piece. So as you're onboarding new employees, I think it's important that, um, you know, unless they're an out-of-state employee or, or something like that, that they have um, a period of transition where they are on campus and, and are spending some time getting to know the culture and getting to know the community. I think that's very important. But ultimately, today's workforce wants a more flexible work environment. And if we're not going to pivot and we're not going to adjust to that, we're going to have a hard time attracting and retaining um, our, our top performers. So in speaking of that, and let's turn back to you and your commitment to higher ed, why have you, why do you feel that you've chosen to remain and, and stay in higher ed with all the shifts? What is your commitment to higher ed? Yeah, I think that um, there's something about being on a college campus that energizes me. There's something about seeing the activity, seeing the students walking around the quad, seeing them hanging out at Starbucks, um, seeing our new construction projects. Uh, we recently completed um, our, our Fernandez Center for uh, Innovation. Um, we're in the process of renovating and expanding our uh, science building on campus as we welcome more health and STEM related uh, programs and the growth of existing programs, seeing that and being a part of that constant evolution and that constant change, even though uh, it presents significant challenges, um, you know, there's something about it that energizes uh, me on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, you know, I've really committed myself to, you know, the Ikubos and the at being in the Eastern region and, and the Nakubo. Um, you know, I'm, I've recently joined the Ikubo board after serving on committees for the last uh, couple of years as a non-board member. Um, and there's just something about higher education that excites me and energizes me. Um, I have an amazing team here. I have amazing colleagues uh, on the president's cabinet who all, um, you know, see each other's point of view and, and work towards a common goal and the shared vision and mission of the university. Um, so it, it really energizes me. Again, not to say that we don't have challenges because every, every higher ed institution does and every for-profit business does as well. Right. And they're all relative to the world that they are that that they are living in. Um, so I would say that's what's what's kept me in higher ed. Well, good. That's awesome. So what is your vision? I mean, how do you 
you like where you are right now, you're like, you know what, this is this is my focus and I'm just going to, you know, focus on this. Or do you have some future plans or what do you foresee yourself in the next few years coming up uh, in terms of higher ed? We have a relatively new uh, president here at Loyola. He's completing his uh, second year. He is very easy to follow. Uh, he is inspirational. He's an amazing leader. He's brought the community along um, since he's taken over and, and through our strategic planning process. And I, I think we've all gotten very excited about the future Loyola that we see. I'm a local person. Uh, I've got relatively young kids. And, uh, you know, Loyola is home uh, for me. So I see myself in this role for, for, for some time. Um, but I've learned over the course of my career to, to, you know, never, never, you know, close your mind to potential opportunities. So, um, you know, I, 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 I'm not a big fan of definitives and absolutes and things like that, but, uh, I'm very happy here at Loyola. Uh, we have an amazing team and, uh, we have a lot of great things on the horizon. So I'm excited for what the future holds. That's great. Yes, we. I can very much tell that you are very uh, happy where you are. You can. It comes across when you talk about the school and talk about what you're doing. And I'm assuming with your president, the new uh, president, and what you're saying, how he's easy to follow. I'm assuming that's trickling down. Like I see that you're excited, and I'm. I'm assuming is that must be a buzz all over the campus. It seems like is it. The, there really is. Feel? Yeah. There. There really is. I mean, I think. You know, with the direction he's taking us, some of the partnerships that 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 he has, you know, forged uh, external partnerships, uh, not as well as internal partnerships, but specifically speaking about external partnerships. Give you an example: we we just got uh, a uh, bachelor's bachelor's in science uh, in nursing. A BSN program approved uh, for implementation, uh, and we're partnering with Mercy Medical Center, um, which is a just a just a partnership, um, you know, match that that you just can't beat. Very 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 similar uh, traditions and and missions um, in the Catholic faith. And, uh, you know, they are a big time health healthcare player here in the Baltimore area. Um, and we consider ourselves, a, a you know, a, a, a big time higher education player here in the Baltimore area. And um, there's a lot of buzz around that. And so, um, you know, Terry, our president, he has he has really forged those partnerships and has gotten a lot of buy in and belief uh, from the entire uh, Loyola community. Um, so it's an exciting time to be at Loyola. We're coming off of the last two falls um, are two of our largest, um, two of our three largest classes in the history of Loyola, incoming freshman classes. Oh, that's so awesome. there's a mm -hmm. tremendous amount of demand out there for, for a Loyola education. Um, and these new programs and new partnerships are only going to, to drive more demand in the future. That's great. That is great. Well, congratulations on that. That's pretty cool. Well, as we close out, I know that you are stating that you are very active with Nakubo, Ikubo. Talk to us a little bit. Maybe there's someone listening that's like, okay, I hear you guys saying that, but what are the benefits really of me joining in and being a part of the organization? There's no better opportunity to really get your finger on the pulse of 
what's going on in higher education than joining these uh, associations and coming to the, the the workshops or the annual meetings or or whatever it might be. There's also mentoring opportunities and mentorship programs with with uh, both, whether it's from an emerging leader standpoint, from a you know a fellow standpoint, which is you know those that are that are just about ready for that next step. Whether it's women in leadership, um, you know, and and there's you know associations, um, you know in each region, obviously. So there's the networking opportunities and the opportunities to talk to higher education leaders that are in the similar boat to you, that are at a similar institution to you, or maybe at an institution that's like what you aspire to be at. You know, maybe you're thinking about, hey, I've always been at a state system. Maybe I'm interested in private, or maybe, you know, I'm at a private and I always wondered how a community college works or whatever. There's there's always opportunities to, to spend some time talking to um, anybody that that might be able to give you some insights into what it's like working at a particular institution, how they're handling a similar challenge to to what you have, um, and those networking opportunities are just invaluable as you progress in your career, and they have been for me. Well, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Well, I thank you for your time today. I thank you. I know you're busy, busy, busy. So I thank you for taking the time to share with us today, John. I really appreciate that. Absolutely, Donna. Thank you for uh, letting me spend some time with you. I appreciate it. Awesome. And thank you all for joining us today for this episode of CBO Speaks, brought to you by the National Association of College and University Business Officers. You can find resources for today's episode, as well as a wide variety of research and tools at nakubo.org. Make sure you subscribe to CBO Speaks wherever you get your podcasts so that you can get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of John Coppola of Loyola University, Maryland, I want to thank you for joining us on CBO Speaks. I'm Donna Sheely. Be well. CBO Speaks is a production of the National Association of College and University Business Officers. Audio engineered by Andy Nelson and True Story FM. Music by Michael Bean. Post-production support by Janelle Dempsey. And I'm your host, Donna Sheely. Thank you for listening. <laughs>